I hope that I can continue to to inspire people to get sober and to maybe not follow social norms. And what is up, broskies and broskets? Roskettes. Yeah, I can't talk today. So welcome to the Sloppy Syndicate Show. I am your host, White Trash Donnie. So this is version two of having Cody Weaver on the show, all because I did not hit one correct button on the new deck. So <laughs> hey, hey, don't laugh at me. All right, stop it. So let's bring Cody Weaver in, the Florida country music sensation himself. And there we go. Hey, everyone. Give it up. Calm down. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's enough. That's enough. All right. So welcome back to the show version two, Mr. Cody Weaver. Thanks for uh, rescheduling with me due to my button error that I missed. And uh, we got it all figured out and we are golden at the moment. Yeah, uh, so no folks problem. in the chat, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to throw those in uh, the chat box and we will get uh, Cody to answer some of those questions. We also have a game we're going to play a little bit later called what the fuck um so just some random questions uh that cody's going to be put on the spot and he has to answer uh so that should be a little bit entertaining so cody go ahead and uh let the listeners know uh, a little bit about yourself um he is the florida man the florida country music sensation florida man cody weaver in my opinion so let them know a little bit more about you yeah i uh i consider myself the unofficial Florida man spokesperson, but uh, I'm, I'm fourth generation here. My uh, my family's been in rural Fort Myers area, the like Buckingham area, <clears throat> since the late 1800s, um, doing uh, citrus and, and cattle farming mainly, and uh, they owned a marina. So um, yeah, a lot of roots here. Um, the the area is not what it used to be now. It's it's kind of a, more of a tourist and vacation destination now, but. Um, but yeah, we still have uh, some country roots over here, and we like good country music. All right. And so fourth generation, did you have any uh, musical influence in the family previously, or are you first generation musical artist? Uh, my mom was a, was a pretty good country singer, and, and she had a little bit of a career when I was a kid. Um, but um, other than that, uh, and my mom is, hasn't been in my life in a long time, so other than that, uh, no, it's just it's been something that I wanted to do. Maybe she she sparked that in me when I was a, a young kid. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, mostly been just dreams of mine. Awesome, yeah, and you have some uh, very good music out. So 2018, you have uh, Heavy Load and Might Be My Buck. So Heavy Load is, uh, I mean, both songs are great. Um, and then 2020, you came out with the Southern Noise EP. Uh, you got Dad's Old Ford, Cope, Not This Time, Before I Met You and Southern Noise. So Dad's Old Ford, Cope, and Before I Met You are my top three. Um, and I think, uh, I don't want to go you know, speak for you, but I think Before I Met You has been your biggest hit so far. Um, you got a YouTube video and uh, tons of hits. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then 2019, you have the song Burn. Um, so those are my top songs that I am talking about uh, previously. Um, and then you recently uh, came out with One About the Devil, and that's your newest single that came out yep. in 2021. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Southern Noise EP. What uh, what inspired you to write some of those songs? Uh, you know, Dad's Old Ford, Before I Met You. Um, you yeah. Know, uh, well, with the, with, when COVID happened, uh, we had to like uh, kind of, 
scale back, we were, we were playing a lot of gigs. I was doing a lot of covers too. And, and uh, you know, it's always been my dream to be more of an original artist. So um, took some of that downtime to really start writing and making some music. And some of the songs are, are uh, like really about my life. And some of them are more of like me and like a, like a character's perspective. Like, so they're a little fictitious. Um, but uh, I just like to tell a story through my music and uh, I like to do a lot of wordplay and, and a lot of like underlying meaning. So there's like, it, it can mean different things to different people depending on how you listen to it. So I, I try to put a little bit of effort into uh, structuring in that way. Um, but yeah, Before I Met You was the first love song I ever wrote and the only one I've ever wrote, but I wrote that for my wife and, um, and that one's done pretty good. And uh, Southern Noise is probably my favorite one off that album, the title track. Um, it's, it's heavily influenced by like uh, Leonard Skinner and other Southern rock. So, uh, we got to really cut loose on that one. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man, it was it was a good way to get some energy out, get some experience in the studio. We got the five song EP, and uh, we'll probably pick from it later on songs we want to revisit and maybe add them to a full length album or something. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy with how it did. All right, with uh, and then one about the devil, obviously uh, your newest release. Um, so, looking into the future, are you do you have plans for a full length album coming out? in the near future or so when we released uh one about the devil uh it far surpassed anything we put out uh in the past um including the southern noise ep and we also had similar success uh with burn the one we released a few years ago as a single um so we've kind of learned um over the last couple of years that at our level um with our the size of our fan base it's it's it works better for us to put out singles than it does uh, a compilation right now. Um, but in the future, I'd love to put out a full length. Like if we get, if we get to a point where, you know, that would make more sense. But right now um, trying to get a little bit more recognition and trying to get the music out there a little more uh, putting singles out seems to be working better uh, with everybody on streaming platforms like Spotify and stuff. So they just go search a song and play it. Um, that seems to be the way people are listening to music now versus listening to a, to a whole piece of, uh, you know, album right? from front to yep. back. So way, way of the future. So, um, yeah. And uh, so Billboard actually recognized you, which is a huge deal for one about the devil. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they wrote a little article about you and, uh, you know, one of their uh vlogs uh probably the wrong terminology but i call them the <laughs> vlogs but um yeah. yeah how was that experience i mean that's that's huge like billboard is like the biggest name yeah. you know billboard top 100 stuff like you know they have all kinds of uh top charts and things like that and to be recognized by them and have a little uh you know a little bit about you and the song in uh billboard i mean yeah. i mean i me i'm i'm like shocked for not shocked but i'm um, ecstatic for you so i can only yeah. imagine how you feel so tell us a little bit about that and and how that made you feel and yeah because i mean i would be i'd, I'd be crapping my pants <laughs> i i was and i still am a little bit yeah it was uh it was awesome so we we released one about the devil with a music video a full theatrical music video full production uh that we all did ourselves uh, my my lead guitarist jared uh is also a videographer so he took uh, he took on that task of filming the whole thing and editing it. Everything we did ourselves, tried to do it top quality. And uh, we released it on uh, a couple days before Halloween. And if you've watched the video, it's it's supposed to be a bit spooky. And um, so we, we kind of played 
off of that and it really worked out. We caught the algorithms on YouTube and everything and uh, it, it just had like crazy success really fast. Um, it got played in over 90 countries. It got played on a couple radio stations in other countries. Um, and uh, yeah, so what that started like gaining views, like the first day was like, oh, 11,000 views and the next day it was like 26,000 views. And I was like, holy crap. Um, and then next thing you know, I get an email from one of my publicist, guy, publicist guys from Milestone uh, that uh, CMT wants to include the music video on their website. And uh, then as soon as I said yes to that, um, I got another email like back to back that said, uh, okay, Billboard wants to include a write-up on it and uh, and post a music video on their website. And I was like, whoa, that's, like, that's yeah. just insane. Like I... I still can't believe it that it happened the same day. I mean, the, the previous year, uh, when I put out the Southern Noisy Feed, we got some recognition from, from some some big names. Uh, it, American songwriter said that I was one of their favorite songwriters of the year. And, and so that, that really uh, that really was uh, a good boost for us. And then getting Billboard and CMT in the same day was just insane. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I think it just goes to show, like, hard work pays off. Like, we, we kind of put our nose to the grindstone. We... We put the effort in to make real good music and then, uh, you know, did all the effort to do this music video and put it all out as independent artists and uh, just go show what you can accomplish when you put your mind to it. Absolutely. And uh, one of the pictures I saw, you're sitting in a chair, you got the pistol and uh, you're out, almost looks like the the sand flats and uh, it just looked like a total badass in that picture. I just want to say <laughs> that. That's probably my favorite picture. Like, uh, you know, just bam, like, you know, so... Um, <laughs> So what is, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the story behind One About the Devil. If, if I'm correct, it's about breaking like generational curses and, and things like that. So tell the listeners, um, you know, kind of the story behind that song. Yeah, so uh, it it obviously is a, it's a little bit based on the old Robert Johnson story of meeting the devil at the crossroads. Um, but I wanted to put my own spin on it um, and a spin of, uh, you know, willing to sacrifice uh some um, habits and and uh, you know generational things that are passed down to, to sacrifice yourself in a way to to make things anew and to break the cycle and to stop the curse and um, you know my my family's kind of been plagued with some alcoholism and some abuse things so uh, really tried to take a stand against it and put a put a change to it for my generation forward um, so that song was me saying um, you know I'm not running from the devil I'm going to face him face-to-face and, and I'm going to do whatever means necessary to, to fix these things and, uh, and to stop them for future generations, even if it kills me. So that's basically like the message of the song and the, and the message of the video too, that, that plays even more into it. Each person in the music video represents uh, a version of me in a different time, like a different era. So you notice like some of the outfits are from like the 1700s and 1800s. And so it's just supposed to be representative of, of uh, the demons of my past and 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 putting them to rest and uh if i'm correct you're going on two years of sobriety yes sir <laughs> round of applause for that so breaking Thank the you. generational curse uh as he just spoke about so two years of sobriety uh, so congratulations on that um so folks if you have any questions for cody go ahead and throw them in uh the chat we'll get him to answer some of these questions uh so cody is a country music sensation out of florida florida man um so for you for those of you just joining us thank you for coming in 
and uh, do not hesitate to ask some questions. Uh, so what is your favorite um, favorite aspect of writing the songs? What, what favorite aspect and then the aspect that you like the least? So pros and cons, essentially, of, of songwriting. Um, I really like the, um, like the satisfying feeling once something's done. So, um, to me, it's always been mind blowing. You know, like even that I can do it to pull something from nothing to, to think of an idea and then create it. And I, I think a lot of songwriters feel the same way. And that it's, that's what inspires me. It's just the idea of creation, creating that from nothing. So that's always like my, my favorite part. If, if I have an idea and boom, I put it on paper and sing a melody and whoa, I just created a song. Like I, that, the beauty of that's not lost on me ever as many times as I do it. I think that that's amazing. Um, as far as the aspects I don't like, I don't know. Um, going back and forth with uh, the band or the producers of like what we should or shouldn't include in it as far as musical parts or maybe not agreeing on it. But, you know, we usually get that stuff worked out. So, I mean, it's just part of the process. Um, I don't think there's anything I really uh, dislike about it. It's, it's, it's work and it's effort, but it's, it's so worth it. Yeah. See, I, and, and I don't, you know, I've, things have popped in my head, not that I'm a songwriter or anything, but, um, you know, I like to dabble in different things. So, uh, you know, there's times that I'll, I'll, something will come in my head and I'm like, all right, this is a good idea. And then I'll, I'll sit on it and then I like squirrel. I'm like, all right, well, I lost my, you know, I got one line, but now I got to figure out the rest of them. So, um, we actually have a uh, really good question in the chat. So how do you feel your sobriety connected with the listeners who are also in recovery or connects with the listeners? Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I still feel kind of new into it. I, I drank for a long time and then I got to be a problem. Um, and then some things happened where I said, I got to make a change and I, and I had to stop. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that difficult for me to stop. I don't know if I'd say I was addicted. I just had an unhealthy relationship with it. I was partying too much. And, um, so I haven't really thought about the connection that it might have with other people. But I appreciate you making that point because, um, you know, it's kind of like a light bulb going off. Like, hey, like maybe my sobriety is helping other people, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's something I hadn't really thought of. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, especially in country music, there's a lot of songs about drinking. And, you know, I've even got a couple out there that I released before I got sober. Um, but it just seems to be so um, in your face all the time. Like, you're weird if you don't drink all the time. And, and uh, I don't know, there's there's a lot deeper stuff in life to, to do and think and and to write about. And so um, when I got sober, it it uh, motivated me to write music with deeper meaning. And, you know, then you get one about the devil, which obviously is much deeper than, you know, say, coke, you know, so that which was about abusing substances of substances that I don't use anymore. So it's even kind of awkward to play that song anymore. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that I can continue to to inspire people to get sober and to maybe not follow social norms of um, going into early alcoholism. I, I think it's uh, it's sad that our it's sad that it's our societal societal norm that as soon as you're you know of, of college age or whatever you just start pounding drinks and I, I think that it can it can lead down a destructive path if you're not careful. I mean, not everybody, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying there. Um, so I had my first beer when I was 13. Um, 
you know, for uh, my grandfather gave me my first beer, you know, that kind of yeah. how it, how it happens. And, and like you, I, I wasn't addicted and, and I still drink on occasion, but, um, you know, I was using it to cope with other mental health issues. Um, so that was, you know, kind of, kind of my, um, my coping mechanism, you know, I would go out and party and then have a good time and I would forget, you know, at the time about, you know, any, uh, anxiety or stress or anything like that. And then, you know, it kind of bites you in the end and comes back tenfold. Uh, So, you know, I really uh, focused on my mental health for some time and and got my mental health correct. And uh, I know you're with uh, MVK Music Group and they have MVK Cares. um, So which they're uh, extremely big on mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, that's good to see that the mental health push um, isn't as taboo as it used to be. um, And it's more talked about and more prevalent in our society um, other than, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, you rub dirt on it and you, you go about your way and, and nope. don't be, don't be a sissy. Um, you know, so it's much more talked about and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, is there something you'd be interested in to collaborate with other music artists also in recovery? And that was a question from the chat. Oh, absolutely. I'm always looking for a good collab. Um, and, uh, you know, if it's for a good cause, even better. I mean, uh, at this point I've, I've been given this platform and we've built this platform and, and why not use it for good? If I'm on a mission to, you know, better myself um, and, and be the best version of myself I can be, then uh, I'll do anything I can to inspire other people around me to be, be the best version of themselves that they can be. Yep. And, uh, you know, the one, one about the devil kind of hits home as well, um, you know, especially with the, uh, the alcoholism. Um, my grandfather was uh, an amazing human, um, but he could literally drink uh, a 24 pack of bud and it was like water to him. He, it didn't even affect him, you know, at that point because he was, you know, so used to drinking. Um, and then unfortunately, uh, yeah, I did some, some, uh, liver damage and, uh, dialysis and, uh, you know, since passed away. So there's always, uh, you know, a con to, you know, that kind of lifestyle. So, um, that's kind of opened my eyes as well, as far as, uh, you know, at the time you don't think about the consequences, but when you get older, um, yeah, your body is not the same. So definitely uh, different. Yeah. So, um, well, and if you know me, you know, my music, you know, my, my way of thinking is I like to be different than everybody else. I like to make my country music different. I like to do everything my own way. And, and, uh, you know, if the crowd's going one way, I'm going the opposite. It's just the way I am. And that's why it works out good with MBK music group. You know, I think it's shortened for our, uh, that that's shortened of Maverick because that's yep. that's kind of how they do things and uh, you know um, I I, I kind of had the epiphany that I was like that with drinking like uh, you know it, it's all cool like it's cool if you can chug a bottle of whiskey it's cool if you can go to the bar till 3 a.m. every night and and feel like crap all the time and right. and I just said hey you know what what's more badass than doing my own thing that everybody else thinks is weird and being confident in myself and and bettering myself so uh, you know it's it's not to be egotistical, but it's, uh, you know, I, I do feel like it gives me an advantage to, uh, to life to, to now be, you know, a clear mind. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, um, so yeah, I, uh, lost my train of thought there. Um, with your, you were very, um, you should be a motivational speaker because uh, <laughs> I got, I got intrigued there for a moment. So, um, you know, maybe, for, maybe when I'm retired. <laughs> right. <from music. laughs> um, so what has been uh, the biggest uh, obstacle uh, for the band uh, as of, as of now? Um, 
honestly, probably uh, keeping a steady flow of shows. Like um, we we were we were starting to get real busy right before COVID started. Um, you know, I don't want to keep harping on the COVID thing. I'm I'm over it. But <laughs> it's you know when we started losing shows, and then now the guys that were at, you know maybe a level above us are taking shows that we would have got, and now the only shows available for us are shows that you know we're not really set up to do anymore because you know we're not a cover band anymore and you know this and that so it kind of has put a strain on things um we've lost a couple of band members and and replaced band members over it because they want to be a steady working band making money and it's like well yeah i mean the ultimate goal you know would be able to, to make this our living but at the same time like it's a creative project for me um and i have a job outside of this to pay my bills so i I'm never relying on it to, to, to be my income. I'm doing it just purely for the passion of it. And, um, so, so seeing eye to eye with, with people on that and then, you know, trying to get shows going has been, has been kind of, kind of a struggle. So we kind of just made the decision not to chase shows. Like we're just going to keep putting out music, music videos with it, build the audience more. And when people really want to see us live, uh, they'll start asking us more. So, at least that's that's the way I figure it's going to be. So trying to take more of like a Sturgill Simpson approach to things and just work on getting my music right. And then, you know, one day the fans will come. So that's that's where we're at. And, and like you said, you've had some major success uh, with one about the devil. Um, and it's all, uh, you know, I don't want to categorize your music or your genre, but you have that Southern rock uh, country vibe uh, and some, you know, in the song. So um, that's also, um, you know, it's a little bit of rocky, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of rock, a little bit of country. Um, so, uh, and, and that's right up my alley. So um, I'm a big fan of the Cadillac three, you know, they're kind of mm -hmm. Southern, Southern rock country. Um, you know, so what are some of your major, you know, as growing up and, and even now, what are some of your major uh, musical influences such as artists, um, you know, Leonard Skinner, things like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I've got a, a heavy rock influence. So, um, you know, my parents and, and everybody, you know, around me, I grew up listening to, uh, like, uh, you know, ACDC and, and, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and, and, um, uh, all the other ones, <laughs> everybody. So I'm, I'm heavily influenced by them. And then, um, also I always really liked bluegrass and old, like old classic country, like, uh, you know, Merle and, and Waylon, they were always, you know, my dad's favorites. So they were my favorites. And then my first concert, I saw John Anderson in concert when I was like six years old. So I remember that to this day, sitting on my dad's shoulders, watching John Anderson sing Seminole Wind. So, um, which we even do a cover of Seminole Wind that's pretty metal. We may release it one day. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just, just a mix of everything that I like. Um, the modern stuff, I mean, I'm into a lot of modern stuff, too. I love the Brothers Osborne. I love the Steelwoods. Um, you'll you'll hear some Brothers Osborne influence in our next song, New Suede Boots. Um, it's a little bit more on the funky side. Kind of sounds like an old Nashville jam, but it's got some funky bass lines in it and stuff. It's a fun song. So, um, man, I, I, I don't have specific, like, I can't say this person's my biggest inspiration. I, I love music. I love all kinds of music, and I pull right. from it what I like. So, yep. And, and that's how I am as well. I, I've, you know, I grew up with Pantera, uh, with my dad, Ted Nugent, um, you know, and, and all kinds of, you know, corn, Rob Zombie, Tool, um, you know, Garth Brooks, uh, 
and I'm kind of upset because Garth Brooks just played Orlando and I didn't get to go see him this time. It's been uh, 2016, I think it was, was the last time I saw him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is the the goat to me in country, contrary yeah. to, um, you know, some people would say uh, Alan Jackson or um, George Strait. But uh, for me, um, Garth Brooks is the goat. So He's definitely an entertainer, man. It's, yeah, he, for me, for me, I'm I'm more of a George Strait guy, but hey, I, I like I like Garth too, and the, the man can entertain. He knows how to put on a show. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and uh, he does the circle stage, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, there's no bad view where you're at. He, and he fully embraces it, and uh, you know, works the whole stage. And uh, when I saw him with uh, Trisha, it was uh, we had a hurricane coming up the coast, so he was supposed to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So he had four shows in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hurricane was kind of like, eh, they don't know where it's going. Then it's off the coast a little bit. So they ended mm-hmm. up canceling Thursday and Friday. Um, and then the hurricane stayed off of uh, just off the coast. So it really didn't affect us much. Uh, so he did double shows uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I had the early show Saturday because uh, I was supposed to be, I think, Friday night show. Um, so he played for about two and a half hours. And I mean, he gives it his all. I mean, this man right. was drenched in sweat and, and just like loving life, playing music. Uh, and then I had a friend go to the Sunday night show, which was the last show. And he mm-hmm. played for like four hours straight. So I was a little, I was a little, uh, not upset, but I'm like, <laughs> dang, I got two and a half hours and you guys got four. I was like, man, yeah. you know, so I mean, that sounds exhausting to me. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine playing for that long in, in front of a crowd like that. But I mean, the, the dude can, the dude's a goat. Like you said, he's, he's an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, I, I, you know, and I, I go back and watch his old videos when he's flying around on the cables and fire and everything. I'm like, dang, like that's, you know, that's sick. So yeah, know, I, I remember I, I watch videos. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I watch videos of like him and, and, uh, I, I should bring them up anyway, but Foo Fighters, they're one of my big inspirations too. I've always been a huge Foo Fighters fan. And, you know, rest in peace, Taylor. Um, right. You know, Taylor. what a heartbreaking thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes before I go to go on stage, I'll watch Garth or I'll watch the Food Fighters or somebody who who I like how they how they uh, how they uh, perform, and I'll I'll get hyped up watching them and I'll take little notes. Oh, I can I can dance this way or I can do this or that. Right. <laughs> so I kind of take notes from because I'm kind of a I'm kind of an awkward guy. I get up on stage, I'm nervous, and you know I don't know I'm not. I'm not a very extroverted person. So, um, uh, yeah, I, so I'll take notes from them and I try to do my thing, man. And, uh, another story I have, uh, we saw Ted Nugent at the Elegant County fair and, uh, his, his thing or his staple, um, obviously he's a big bow hunter. Uh, so he would always light a, um, an arrow on fire and he'd have a target at the top of the stage and he'd shoot the, the flaming arrow, you know, at the, you know, up to, uh, the target. So that was pretty cool. Um, especially when you're, you're young and you're like, Oh, you know, probably not as cool now that we're older and understand things. But when you're a kid and you see someone shooting like a, a flaming arrow at a target on stage, I mean, it is pretty oh, cool. Yeah. So. yeah. Uncle Ted. But, uh, yeah, old Fred bear and cat scratch fever. My dad played that so much. I, I mean, it's instilled in my brain. Like I'll never forget those <laughs> songs. So, yeah. Um, and then cowboy, what is it? Cowboy to hell from Pantera. And, uh, yeah, so, so many, so many memories of, uh, some good music, uh, from back in the day. And, um, 
So you said uh, you have blue suede shoes coming uh, coming up soon. No no release date yet, but uh, right. It's a uh, new suede boots. New it's suede kind of, boots. It's kind of a play off of new suede shoes, but yeah, it's new. It's new suede boots. Don't ask me um, why blue blue suede <laughs> shoes came <laughs> in my head, but yes. it sounds similar, and then, right. and that's kind of on purpose too. So yeah, um, but yeah, so that that's going to be a fun jam. It's 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 about uh, it's actually a story about a guy having an introspective journey of. Uh, of changing his lifestyle too. So it's, it's kind of a follow-up to one about the devil on a lighter note. So the, the music video is going to be funny. Uh, you know, I'm going to be dressed up as like an astronaut. So it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. And if you need anyone with assless chaps or, you know, you know, someone kind of <laughs> odd and, and funny at the same time, let me know. I'll come down and uh, Perfect. do something stupid for you. I'll uh, light myself on fire or who knows, but um so we're going to play a, uh, a round of what the fuck. So these are random questions. Um, I don't know. Cody doesn't know. It's going to randomly populate. And uh, we're going to put him on the spot and get his answer for it. So uh, right. first question, what would be the creepiest thing you could say while passing a stranger on the street? Oh, man. Yeah, that one's kind of hard. That's not really like a what the fuck question, but yeah, um, I'd probably just say like, "What took you so long?" Right. <laughs> and that was. It just sounded me like, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Um, have you ever been arrested? If so, for what? You don't have to answer that. We can move forward if you want. <laughs> I haven't. I've been in handcuffs, but I I didn't end up getting booked. Okay. And it was for fighting. Okay. All right. You badass, you. All right. Mm. <laughs> Got to do it sometimes. Have you ever been electrocuted? Uh, I mean, yeah, not, not like seriously, like where it injured me, but um, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, walking by our above ground pool that we had because we were real, real white trash like that. And there was a four by four post with a wire that my dad, I guess, had hit with the lawnmower that was part of the pool pump. And I didn't, I didn't know. And I walked by and it hit my leg and it, threw me in the air oh nice so that, uh, that was the worst one i ever got yeah we were dumb when we were young so we uh actually tried peeing on the electric fence yeah <laughs> don't do that um and then i remember uh we had some uh hogs and uh we had one of the electric wires close to the ground and uh me and my buddy took turns stepping on it uh to see how long we could uh hold our foot on that yeah so we were we were dumb kids but um hey yeah. we made it uh, who is the most famous person you have ever met? Hmm. I met Jordan B. Peterson recently. So okay. he's, he's pretty huge. He's not a musician, obviously, but, uh, um, that, I mean, that's probably the most famous person that I've met as far as music goes. Um, I met and opened for Easton Corbin. That was a big one. Oh, awesome. Yeah. All right, and we're going to change this deck up because this is not uh, what the fuck questions. Uh, so we're going to do a couple of this or that. Okay. Yeah, because that uh, the what the fuck doesn't um, doesn't ring a bell. It's not uh, as crazy as it's I it's like the it ultimate. Be. It's like the ultimate troll. Now they've got us saying what the fuck. Right. <laughs> um, Salvation Army or Goodwill, and why? Oh. Uh, Goodwill, because it's right down the road from my house. I don't know if we got a Salvation Army nearby. Okay. 
four-door car and two-door car or two-door car why uh i've got a mustang so i'm going two-door car i'm a i'm a muscle car guy good guy okay i'm going four-door truck so that would be yeah. my uh ultimate well if we're talking truck my daily driver is an f-350 four-door so i've got a four-door okay. truck but my, but my car is a two-door okay um would you rather have an entourage or a crew Oh man, a crew for sure. You got to have people that are actually on your corner. You not just ones you were paying. Right. Yeah, definitely uh, would rather have a strong team than people I got to pay. So, yeah. uh, and this will be the last one. Uh, Marilyn Monroe or Madonna? Uh, Marilyn Monroe. I'm going, I like yeah. I'm I like going the to size. Right. She was way hotter. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, she was a freak back in that time. So, Yep. Marilyn Monroe can get it all day long. So four doors for more whores. Just right. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, it, so actually, yeah, speaking of that, I got to order the shirt. Um, so Tony from rebel den cycle supply up in Arkansas, he just did a uh, motorcycle shirt. Um, so it has the motorcycle engine and it says big boars, more whores. So, um, yeah, that'd be kind of, I mean, it's funny, something I'd yeah. wear cause I'm halfway crazy but uh yeah um and uh justin has a question most memorable gig and why oh good question uh we talked about this a little bit the other day but i'll i'll talk about it again uh so uh, we opened for uh hardy um a year or two ago uh, i actually opened for him a couple of times uh, which was awesome both times because obviously hardy's getting huge and uh he packed out the, the venue um but there's a there was a show we were playing it's about 1200 people packed in the, the ranch down fort myers and um, I was opening, I, I was debuting a song called Yellow Note that I wrote for my buddy David, uh, who committed suicide a few years ago. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever played it in front of people. And uh, I haven't released, released it yet. It's coming out uh, in like September this year. Um, but I was playing it and I got to the second chorus and I got a little choked up. I had to step away from the mic and you know, wipe my eyes a little bit. And it was something I was I was scared it was going to happen, and of course it happened. I got I got emotional during during the song, and and so I stepped back and I pulled my in ear off, and um, the whole crowd was singing the chorus, and they had only heard you know half the song, so um, it was uh, which made me cry even more because then I hear everybody singing my song that they just heard for the first time, and uh, yeah, it, it was gut wrenching and and haunting, but beautiful at the same time. And, and uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, and, and I admire that in your music. You actually, uh, you know, there's a lot of purpose in your music as well. Um, yeah. You know, so. All right. So we are at that time or we are going to let Cody Weaver go. He's extremely busy. Um, as you heard, he's working on some new music. Um, definitely check out One About the Devil. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. Cody, where else can we find you at? Uh, all social medias, uh, you can find me at, at Cody Weaver Music. Um, my website is CodyWeaverOfficial.com. we got some cool merch on there. Um, just want to remind everybody, we don't make much money off of streams. So if you buy a T-shirt or something, it's like streaming our song 3,000 times. So go on there and get you a T-shirt. we got some cool stuff. Um, and sign up for the newsletter because we got two new singles coming out definitely this year and uh, possibly a couple of covers that I'd like to release. So. Um, so stay in the loop and follow me on the journey. 
Awesome. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, version two. Uh, we did it correct this time, so <laughs> that's a plus. Um, and we will speak soon. And uh, remember, folks, keep it sloppy. And any final words from you, Cody? Hey, always appreciate your time, brother, and uh, appreciate everybody listening and asking good questions. All right. And we will see you on the next episode of the Sloppy Syndicate. Mm-hmm.